You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right, guys, welcome back to another pod. And dare I am still standing uh, as of this recording. It's probably undated, but I have been a dad for over a week now. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm still a little bit upbeat. Are you surprised to hear that? Or did you think I was going to be a little bit more drained? No, I, I think you knew what you were getting yourself into. So I, I, I know true. I know the kind of guy that you are. <laughs> what a guy. That's a, that's a huge compliment. So I appreciate that. I'm definitely tired, but... Hey, that's what it's all about. It's really, really rewarding. But um, one thing I am going to tell you, I'm really tired of getting peed on. So mm. um, I, I'm trying to up my technique. I've been finding all these different things to try to block it. But then uh, it's, it's a, a face lot. shield. That, that's what I'm thinking. Not just that, but like when I block it, like his stream correctly while I'm changing him, like all of it, like <laughs> even gets absorbed back into the diaper, splashes onto him. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, and I got to change him now. I don't I didn't want to now change him on top of like changing just his diaper because he'll obviously uh-huh. be in like whatever clothes so it, it becomes this whole thing but that's not what this podcast is about we are going to continue the team breakdowns because we are warriors and darren i always appreciate you jumping on and giving me part of your time in your day but before we break down this specific team i did want to give a little disclaimer at the top i know i gave a little bit of a reminder a big long text wall that all of you probably read about the preseason rankings and uh to give me a little bit of a break from speaking, Darren, I remember right before we re- start to record, we we're kind of talking. You almost forgot that we did that one special podcast or everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people submitted like a voice file or a memo kind of thing covering other people's teams. So um, after I kind of dropped it, did you kind of remember that that podcast existed or, or do you think you skipped it? Um, no, I, I didn't almost forgot. I definitely forgot because I don't remember <laughs> it, it just happening. blanked out. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't. I know it was like a year ago, so a lot of things happen, especially for me. Like a lot of things happen in the last year, so dude, in like I, the last month, you've traveled to like fifteen states for yeah. bachelor parties and weddings. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I don't know, like things, things happen, and especially because like we do this like once a week, like we record the podcast once a week, so it kind of just all blurs together, you know. As we get older, each day is like almost the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely get it. But I just wanted to say it's a lot of fun. It's really, really easy. I know people, whenever I ask, oh, can you record this? Everyone gets really stressed out. But honestly, everyone has a smartphone nowadays. And on your phone, you probably have some kind of voice recorder. That's all you need to do. Just record on that. Send it over to me. And if you're thinking, oh, what am I going to have to cover? What what, what questions? I'm going to send you a big little document. Um, that has like, I don't know, 10 different questions. You don't have to answer every single one of them. Just select a hand few. Uh, hand few handful that you like um and then just kind of answer those and we'll be good to go i haven't assigned teams or anything like that yet to specific members uh in the pod but i will reach out in the dms through sleeper when it's time to do that i'm probably going to brainstorm a little bit more with darren uh in terms of presentation and things like that see if we want to add a little bit of extra flair this time around um but before that's just kind of uh, in the future, but just kind of want to put it on everyone's radar. So when I do ask for it, I'm going to give everyone adequate time. I'm going to try to give everyone at least uh, two, 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 three weeks to be able to do it. I feel like that's more than enough just to get a little voice memo out. So with that being said, Dare, do you even remember if you were a part of it? You definitely submitted something, right? I mean, I think so. I would assume so. I mean, if I do this, I definitely would have thought I submitted something, but I just don't. Actually, I don't no. Remember. Now I'm thinking you maybe didn't. I think the reason I went solo maybe is that's I think I you were remember. busy. <laughs> yeah, and then I. That's why I was like, oh, this one's gonna be special. I'll just do this whole thing. So maybe I don't know. 
I'm going to have to re-listen to it now. But I remember it was something where I actually put, I was telling you before we recorded, where I actually put an attempt in the production value. And I was like, wow, this actually sounds pretty good. And then I would kind of like listen to the other podcasts that kind of hear. I'm like, oh my God, this sounds literally like exactly what it is. Just a recorded Zoom meeting, which is all this pod really is. But with that all out of the way, Darren, what team are we breaking down um, to kind of continue this series in the off season? Um, We're breaking down the Hollywood hustle. Wow, I feel like this is perfect timing because they just did yet another blockbuster move, right? I feel like this whole offseason, if you actually look at it, was a huge defining moment for this team because they made a huge splash when they traded Jalen Hurts away and then entered their name and won the Bijan Robinson sweepstakes. But then they dropped yet another gigantic trade uh, just a couple of, or when you guys listened to this, just about a week ago, right? Uh, where he traded arguably his two best remaining players onto his team. So it's been a huge defining offseason for them. So I'm really interested to kind of see what their um, what their specific rooms uh, position group looks like, because if we listen to the disrespected uh, episode two podcast, I believe Brian did mention that he does want to play spoiler one more time this season. So that, I guess that means he is looking to be pretty competitive, maybe a playoff spot, at least a wild card, or at least stop someone from being able to get there. So with all that being said there, uh, let's kind of jump into these uh, positional rooms, I guess. Yeah, of course. And so at quarterback, it uh, looks different than it did last year, but now he has Geno Smith, Jordan Love, and Brock Purdy. No asterisks. That's the big thing no. that stands out for me, Darren. I thought you would I have think... one at least on uh maybe Purdy because of his injury, or well, I guess not really love because um he is for sure gonna start. Well, I, I think the one that could definitely have one is Brock Purdy, but um everything that's coming from the 49ers, it sounds like he's hundred percent gonna start week one. Like I and uh, all the Twitter docs and everyone that does like the fantasy injuries, um they all seem like he's going to be cleared and he's good to go week one. So I, I don't see any reason why Brock Purdy won't be the starting quarterback because they seem to hate Trey Lance. Um, <laughs> and that definitely pains Kyle Shanahan that John Lynch selected Trey Lance and not Mac Jones. Um, yeah, I who's hated more Shanahan hating um, Lance or Vrabel hating Malik Willis. I mean, Malik Willis might as well be dead. Mike Vrabel, <laughs> like is he, he he shows up. He's like, oh yo, why is that linebacker playing quarterback? Why is that guy still uh, here? Vrabel, <laughs> that's 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 uh Willis. He's like, oh shit, he's still here? Oh man, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. I thought he was on scout team where I thought we caught him. That's fine, that's fine. Well, we'll we'll pretend that he's still a quarterback. That's cute. They have to explain to him that it would cost him more money to cut him <laughs> than to keep him on the roster. So <laughs> That's actually so funny. But, but all right, sorry, sorry. Go back to uh, Brock Purdy. Obviously, he is um, definitely looking like he's getting a bigger, bigger role. And I know from what everyone has been kind of saying, I believe the biggest argument is essentially a lot of people getting upset because they're saying Brock Purdy kind of earned the role by winning all those games. But then the counter argument is like, who did they play against? Like, who did they actually win against? And you look at the strength of the team. And then another argument against Brock Purdy, I guess you can make is, well, what really separates him and Jimmy G, except for the fact that he does push it a little bit more down, but mm-hmm. it's limited. So that's why people are saying that's why he'll be per- that's why you want Trey Lance. It opens everything up. But 
I, I'm sure it doesn't shock you, Dare. I am a fan of Brock Purdy, but I feel like the pendulum has like swung so much to the point where I'm like, wow, maybe I'm missing something on Brock Purdy because now he's, I feel like held up in such a high esteem as almost like a premier precision pocket passer already. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of crazy. But with all that being said, Dare, what, what is happening with the whole Lance thing? I really don't know. Cause I feel like the hype is always still always like he's the best training camp quarterback. I feel like. Yeah, um, I think so. I think he has the tools and he's flashy. And like, I know that you didn't like him so much. And only because he went to the 49ers, you were like, all right, maybe I can see it. Um, I don't know. I like Trey Lance. I thought he was like pretty good in college. He definitely was playing at like a lower level of competition. But at the same time, he hasn't done anything to this point. And Brock Purdy looked good and he I don't think that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he's a franchise quarterback, but at least he can execute the offense. And it doesn't seem like he believes that Trey Lance can do that at this point. And he's definitely not reliable because he's always hurt. He had that thumb injury the first year. I mean, I I don't know. Like at this point, I think that like they would have loved to trade him, but it sounds like there was no offers to trade him. So (laughs) they kind of stuck with him. Um, I thought it would have made sense if they just swapped Mac Jones and Trey Lance because that's who Kyle Shanahan wanted reportedly originally. And the Patriots hate Mac Jones. So why not just bring in Trey Lance? I don't know. But maybe Bill Belichick was like, man, that guy sucks. I don't want him. So <laughs> I, think, I think that Trey Lance is just kind of, you know, he has the ability, but he, he's just one of those guys that's never going to be able to put it together, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, he lost his draft. He lost his job to the guy that was the last pick in the draft. So that's Darren, never how it. gross is it to you that Carson Wentz uh, looks like, obviously is having a much better career than Lance may have. Obviously that's yeah. way too early to call, but just at this moment in time, because obviously they went to the same school as well. Kind of crazy. If you really think about it. Yeah, I think so. Um, he, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a weird thing that like, I, cause I think, to his detriment, Kyle Shanahan is almost like too smart, if that makes sense. Um, because I, I think to me it makes sense to like put Trey Lance out there and see what you got because you know what Brock Purdy is at this point. He played like eight games, he looked good, he managed the offense, he's not like gonna, you know, wow anybody really, but he executes the offense, right? Um, and there was some of the games in the playoffs where he was like he got got pretty lucky. And the one game he should have had three interceptions and they had three interceptions dropped. Um so, I mean, like the, the wheels could fall off on Brock Purdy, but to this point, it hasn't. So, I mean, I think Aaron, a lot you of might be on to something. Shanahan is someone who is innovative, innovative and has like a machine of an offense. Maybe are we going to see a quarterback by committee? He's thinking, oh, my God, I'm tired of these guys getting freaking hurt. We're just going to drive by drive. We're just going to swap them out to keep them healthy. That'll actually be hilarious. They could pull it yeah. off, man. I feel like Shanahan yeah. would be able to. I, th- I have Darnold so. in there, a three-headed monster. That'd be freaking hilarious. <laughs> I think Shanahan can pretty much do whatever he wants at this point. Like <laughs> <laughs> he literally, everyone kind of I guess has agreed that he is like the best, if one I don't know, top three play caller for sure in the NFL. Oh my gosh, so, he's a technician. And if you hear like, about how the players talk about Shanahan's offense, he's like, yeah, he like 
dumbs it down. So you guys are just machines. You know exactly what you have to do. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You just do exactly what he says. And mm -hmm. essentially, you are running like a machine. And that's why our offense looks that way. And so mm -hmm. it's really, really cool how you can break it down. So literally, you know exactly what your assignment is at any given moment, especially with all the zone runs that they do. But let's just continue. I know we spent almost too much time almost on Lance and not even on Purdy, but he does have two other quarterbacks. Geno Smith had a very surprising huge great he won't come back play of the year right yes thanks yes. that, so. that makes sense <laughs> anyway right. you guys know what i'm trying to say he had a huge career resurgence and he was absolutely blowing everyone away and a huge pat on the back to brian he picked him up with fab and that is freaking unbelievable a top 10 quarterback especially last year is fantastic and i know a lot of people are gonna say like oh well can he do it again i mean why not they have JSN now, and they got Charbonnet as well. And, okay, I know fantasy-wise, it sucks because you know how much I love Kenneth Walker, Darren. I, I'm sorry, Kenny Walker, Ken Walker, whatever he wants to go by. I mm -hmm. love them so much, and I still love him. I think he's amazing. But in a real football context, having Charbonnet in there with Walker, that's a phenomenal one-two punch. That is great yeah. for an offense. More first downs, more opportunities to sustain drives, and more high-value snaps. I feel like... I don't know. I understand that everyone might say, oh, that was an anomalous season by Gino. I mean, if he even plays, you know, 75% as well with uh, upgraded talent around him, I think he can absolutely replicate what he has done. And if you kind of look at Seattle, their roster is really pretty solid all around. This is absolutely a playoff team. And so if that's the case, they're going to double down even more and try to really you know, be a high powered team. And so I feel like um, I'm pretty high on Gino just because of how that team looks. I would love to hear your thoughts though. Yeah. I think Gino can repeat his success and be like a borderline quarterback one again in fantasy. Um, I would be most concerned about Brock Purdy in this quarterback room. Mm -hmm. um, probably closely followed behind Jordan Love because I'm just not sure if he's like good. Like what are the chances that they have Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Sucks. then Love is good. <laughs> like, they put something in the Wisconsin water. I'm telling like, you. I think so. The the Steelers, right? They had Brian Roethlisberger and Elliott, Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett looked pretty bad last year. Um, I think Jordan Love could be like all right, but I think that's probably like what he's going to be. Like he's just going to be like okay. Like he'll he'll be here. And it's, it's how long do you think he's going to be in Green Bay right now? I know I that's mean, a he, that's an unfair question to ask. If they're bad, so like their roster isn't like great, right? Like they weren't even no. that good with Aaron Rodgers. So if he's bad and they say they win like four or five games, they're going to take Drake May. Like they're not going to just be like, yeah, we're going to keep Jordan Love. He was great. He won four games for us. Like, they're and he take did Drake that May. really weird contract, like, re like renegotiation or like restructuring where he kind of like accepted less money yeah. but has more yeah. uh, potential to make more. But it was essentially kind of a pay cut kind of thing, right? Yeah, like he needs to be good if he wants to keep his job. He can't just like they need to win at least probably seven. The front games office already has one foot out the door. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're already they're like, oh, we'll see. Him. And it's not even no Gunt 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 or whatever his name is. Like Gunt. Yeah, he drafted him, so I mean, it's he obviously believes in him. But if he goes out there, he's already been there for four years. So if he goes out there and he's like, they know what he is. They've seen him in practice. So if he goes out there and he's like not great and he's just like okay and he wins six games or whatever, they're gonna be looking to move on. Like they, honestly, Kirk Cousins is a free agent next year. Maybe they just bring in Kirk Cousins and they're like, we're gonna take the uh, 
they hurt the Vikings and they help the Packers at the same one move. So I, I don't know. Like I, I think that he's he's on a relatively short leash, but they're probably hoping he's going to be good. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But the fact that Hollywood right now has three quarterbacks without an asterisk, I, I would say that puts them in the upper echelon of quarterback room. Wouldn't you agree? I know there's still a little bit of question so. of Brock Purdy, but as long as he starts week one, that's three starting quarterbacks. That's not that bad. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that only have two. So Exactly. It, and so with that being said, how does, <laughs> just by default. You yeah. are better than the teams that only have two. So he kind of <laughs> finds enough there. But still, I feel like the quarterbacks that he has here definitely do have some high ceilings because we just don't know what we have. We know what we have in Gino, and that is probably could be another quarterback one season. So having him as kind of like the anchor is great. And then yeah. having the two ceiling of, hey, maybe Jordan Love, maybe he is going to be more mobile than we think. Maybe he is going to hit. Maybe he'll throw for 25 to 30 touchdowns on top of whatever he's going to do on the ground. Maybe Brock Purdy does stay the entire year and he is everything is advertised in that first eight weeks that we saw and continues the ball because the 49ers have one of the most talented offensive or just full overall rosters to begin with. So definitely want to give Hollywood some props there because I know their quarterback room has changed drastically. And we will talk about that at the end of how much this team has changed. But with that being said, what does their running back room look like? He has the dynasty RB1, B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard, Connor. AJ Dillon, Deonta Foreman, asterisk, Raheem Mostert, asterisk, Gus Edwards, asterisk. You know, I'm pretty pumped that you remembered to put Gus Edwards in here. So I thought you weren't going to, so I was about to be up in arms. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're pulling through for me right now. So I appreciate that. But I feel like everything begins and ends with Bijan Robinson when you look at the Hollywood yeah. hustle, right? Like that's essentially the mascot. Like if you look at any, like if I look at your team, to me, it's CD Lamb. That's kind of like the mascot of your team. That's just who I think about. I don't know if you think about it the same way, but that's just how I do it. Um, and maybe a little bit of Deshaun Watson just because of the curse he cast upon your team. But when I look at Hollywood, it's easily Bijan Robinson. So I feel like um we've already talked about a little bit, but I feel like him landing in Atlanta has to be one of the best landing spots he could have asked for, right? Um yeah, I mean, if not the best, there there's not. I know people were hoping for Philadelphia. I honestly think that would have been worse. Um, I know. I don't that, like, think he's going to get the volume that he's going to yeah. get in Atlanta. Yeah. So, like, I, I think it might be the best spot he could have hoped for. So, I, I mean, he's the, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL, and he's a dynasty RB one. Um, <laughs> but still, like, he he does as you said. It's gonna he's gonna kind of live or die by Bijan this year because he needs him to be you know top five if he's going to play spoiler like he wants to. And I feel like that's absolutely in the realm of possibility or not even possibility. I feel like that's favored because I feel like where people are taking Vijan, that's kind of expected. I feel like if yeah, he doesn't do top five this year, I, that's very fair to say. It's a little bit of a disappointment because not only just mm -hmm. the draft capital that was spent in him in the real NFL draft, but just the reputation that he currently has as the RB one without playing a darn snap, but he absolutely deserves so. But with that being said, he still has, Tony Pollard as well. And I know that uh, there was a little bit of scrutiny on Hollywood when he traded for Tony Pollard. And I believe he gave up a first and was there more? I don't, I don't remember, but I think there was I, a little more. Yeah, a little bit more, but I remember there was some scrutiny, but now he's looking great because Tony Pollard looked absolutely phenomenal without washed Zeke kind of slowing him down. It's almost like the ankle weight he had. And now he's not even there. And we've already seen how he played without 
Zeke there before. And we've heard Mike McCarthy say how they want to kind of go back in style and run it more so they could give the defense a little bit more rest. Maybe that could just be some talk because if you actually look at the transaction transaction of Dallas, it kind of looks like they want to pass it. So I don't really know which direction they're going. Um, but if McCarthy is true to his word, it looks like they are going to be running a little bit more and that immediate beneficiary is going to be Tony Pollard. Uh, one thing I did mention though about Tony Pollard that I'm a little bit scared of that's reminiscent of like a Lamar Miller is he was always efficient Lamar Miller with limited touches and he was super explosive. I know you were a huge Lamar Miller fan and that's kind of what I saw in Pollard. Very explosive uh, when efficient. Every time he touched the ball, I'm like, why don't they give him the ball more? And then when they finally gave him the volume, he kind of, I guess the efficiency really started to dwindle. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Pollard because Pollard right now definitely looks like a more talented runner than Lamar Miller. Uh, maybe you wouldn't agree with me because I know you were a big fan of Lamar. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Pollard now being the lead role in Dallas? I, I do think that, that they are similar to Lamar Miller and Tony Pollard. Um, and we saw in a game earlier or from last season, um, I think he had like 20 touches or 22 touches or something like that, which in like the grand scheme of things for a running back is not a whole lot. And he was like gassed and he did not want to go back in the game. Oh my God. Uh, I remember he was super tired and he was talking uh, about that too. And I know that was, I actually do remember that now that you mentioned, it. I remember in some of the social media spheres, like, Oh man, maybe he shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that like, it would honestly be to his benefit if they brought back maybe Zeke or they brought in another running back. That can a like Dalvin take Cook, some of the touches. Cool. Yeah, like somebody that's gonna take some of the touches because probably between like 15 to 20 touches is probably his sweet spot. Like anything more than that, you don't really want because he I don't know if he can really handle that for a full season. Like he might break down and wear down the same way that Lamar Miller did, because he was getting like 25 plus touches a game. And by the end of the season, he was like he was always dinged up. He was never as good as he was. And then like after the course of the four year contract or whatever it was that he signed with the Texans, he became like a plotter at the end because his athleticism and the efficiency that he used to have, it was like gone because he was just so worn down over the that course of that contract. Um and I mean, so I maybe think what for... you're trying to say is if Dallas actually does sign, whether it's Zeke again or and Kareem, <laughs> whoever it is, that's not going to be a big negative on Pollard, yeah. in my opinion, because he was already an RB1 when he was split yeah. in time with Zeke. So I feel yeah. like that's actually a really great kind of position that Hollywood is in, because no matter what happens, Pollard is probably going to still put up uh, an RB1 or close to RB1 season. So that is kind of neat that he's kind of in that position because of what he offers. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's just like that type of running back, like an Alvin Kamara or something like that, that like he's very good, he's efficient, and you don't want to like overwork him or he's going to be worn down. Yeah, and then you just have like those really rare guys, like an Eckler that does somehow stay that yeah. good yeah. with the volume, but he is literally an anomaly. But with that being said, let's look at uh, quickly rapid fire some of his other running backs. Uh, there are two additional running backs that you do not have asterisks on, uh, which is James Conner and A.J. Dillon. I was surprised to see A.J. Dillon with that one, not James Conner, because yeah. I do believe James Conner shouldn't have one because he, I feel like, is one of the most... Uh, underrated running backs in the past three years, I believe, but it's really hard to kind of be too optimistic with them in Arizona, but he should absolutely get the volume. So he's absolutely someone that everyone should be really excited about, especially Hollywood, because he's going to be playing him in the flex. And I feel like that's a pretty solid position for Connor to be uh, at least be in just because of the volume that he's expected to be with. I mean, imagine what Arizona is going to do. We're not expecting, obviously, uh, Nuke to be there. I mean, he's not because he was already cut. And Hollywood Brown, 
can he sustain an offense all by himself with whoever is going to be quarterback? Maybe it will be Kyler, but still, it's probably going to be the James Conner show. Um, but what are your thoughts on Connor and AJ Dillon? Um, AJ Dillon is a backup running back on a projected to be worse offense than it was last year. This um, is where I get like that astronaut meme is always has been because I feel like yeah. everyone wanted to crown him the running. And he kind of is sometimes a starter when it gets in like to. November, December. He, oh, yeah, I, I believe so too. I feel like the way that the Packers wanted to utilize him, but like every time you give Aaron Jones the ball, he just like cannot get off the field. I feel like he almost always averages like five yards. I was like, Jesus Christ, he is so good. And that's not saying AJ Dillon isn't good. It's just, I believe Aaron Jones is that good, but Aaron Jones is also getting up there in age. Is that kind of why you kind of have AJ Dillon without an asterisk? Because now without Aaron Rodgers, maybe they need a more of like a downhill runner in AJ Dillon. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're probably going to try and lead on the running backs a little bit more to take some pressure off of Jordan love. But even still, if they're, leaning on the running backs in a worse offense it's kind of the same same deal with james connor like he might get a lot of volume but they're probably not going to score a lot of touchdowns um so i don't really see james connor being like amazing which is maybe why he's being slighted this year um he's he'll probably be a top 24 running back just because of the amount of volume he should get but it's just like not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, like you're not expecting James Conner to get like another like double digit touchdowns, yeah. like getting like hoping... twelve touchdowns or something crazy. Yeah, you're probably hoping for like a game where he has like 18 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Like that's probably <laughs> like James Conner's best output this season because like it's going to be a, a slog the whole season until Colin Murray comes back at least. Which I'm I'm guessing it'll probably be like week seven ish. So you got the first six weeks where it's going to be like terrible, <laughs> but. Um, but like Dillon, if you're Arizona, why are you bringing Kyler Murray back though at all? Well, I mean, Kyler I Murray guess if he's fully, back. fully medically clear, then yeah, there's no reason to keep him yeah. off. But like, I, I don't understand why you try to bring him in. Like, even if he does come back, to what? Like, I feel like they have that that roster from top to bottom is one of the worst in the league, even with Kyler 100 healthy. Yeah, it's like you're gonna. I don't know. You have. I think you have to bring back Kyler because if you don't bring back Kyler, he's probably going to cause a stink about it because Kyler knows he needs to play to like be. Yeah. A yeah. job. Like, be at like, least relevant enough. Yeah. Yeah. So like he needs, he needs to come back. He can't just like sit on the bench all season because then who the hell is going to trade for him? And then like, he's going to go to somewhere and they're going to be like, Oh, should Kyler Murray be a starting quarterback anymore? And then there's going to be all the baseball rumors and all that stuff. So like he needs to come back when he's, if he's a hundred percent medically cleared, he needs to start that next week like he can't he can't be like fucking around with that stuff um Dude, people are gonna be like ah oh, no nah, he's just playing fucking call of duty what a fucking bum because <laughs> then it's like the same thing it's the exact same thing that like ben simmons did where he was medically cleared and then he was like oh i don't feel great and then it's like well what's going on here and then we're like what three years later and he's still not feeling great i don't know so, i feel like if arizona just doesn't want to, they won't they'll just be like all right let's let's just tell him well, that he's not medically cleared if that's that's the thing though, if Arizona doesn't want him to play, they won't medically clear him. But if they medically clear him, then they want him to play. But and, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're Arizona, why would you well, want yeah. him to come back? That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah. even if they clear him week five, but, and they're like, okay, um, but they have sure. to. They yeah, have to. Yeah, they really do. They, they, do. they can't be like, <laughs> they can't be like, yeah, we have the worst medical staff in the league. It's over a year and a half now, and he's still not <laughs> medically cleared to play. 
We don't know yeah, what happened. Yeah, this hobbit just grows differently than humans. It's very different. Yeah. He's had he's had zero setbacks, but somehow 12 months later, he is still six months behind. We don't <laughs> we don't understand what happened. It's really here. something's infected. That's the magic <laughs> word. But so but like those two guys, like Connor and, and Dylan, like Dylan's probably like an RB3 kind of guy again, right? Like because he's unless unless you have an Aaron Jones injury, like there's no way he's gonna be be able to see the volume on like a mediocre offense to put him in the top 24 range. Um He's like he could be good, I guess, like if he had volume, but he he's not really like efficient either. Like I like AJ Dillon, but he's just like not really. He hasn't like been a- super AJ good. Dillon's a lot more attractive if he's tied to an offense. It's going to have a ton of red zone opportunity, right? Yeah, like a lot AJ of goal Dillon. line stuff. But I feel like yeah. the Packers don't really profile as that. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, they profile for explosive plays with Christian Watson, right? Like they'll they'll maybe get some bombs. Maybe Aaron yes. Jones takes a screen pretty long, things like that. But it's I just don't see this offense being like really, really methodical to the mm-hmm. point where then AJ Dillon gets to come in and gets that three yard touchdown kind of thing. Yeah, like and he's if he was on like the Eagles instead in the that running or first and second down. Oh, yeah, role, he'd be a like, lot more attractive. Yeah, but he's unfortunately stuck behind Aaron Jones on the Packers, led by Jordan Love, who also was on Brian's team. But that wasn't even meant to be a slight of Jordan Love. It was expecting the offense to be worse than it was with Aaron Rodgers. And I think Brian would agree with that. <laughs> um, the guys that I put asterisks on, like Deontay Foreman, uh, Raheem Mostert, and Gus Edwards, they're all probably going to be in like some committee type thing. Um, Gus Edwards, I think, might have the biggest role of these guys depending on how J.K. Dobbins is. Uh, maybe they want to, like, split the carries between those two. Deontay Foreman, I have no idea how that's going to work in Chicago. Like, I don't know. It could be Roshan. It could be Khalil Her- Herbert. It could be Deontay Foreman. So, I, I don't know. Like, it could be all three of them. I don't know. I don't know. Like, these three guys. It's just going to be Justin Fields, right? <laughs> yeah, like, they're they, th- these three guys, they could be good for stretches of weeks at a time, but they also could be, like, you know, irrelevant for most of the season. So who knows? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So it looks like he has a lot of depth everywhere. That's kind of been the tale of this team. He has three quarterbacks with no asterisks, and now he has a bunch of running backs, uh, a handful without asterisks, some with, but even the ones with asterisks, we could definitely see them having a role in an offense or at least having a big um, couple of blow up weeks. Does that theme continue into the wide receiver room? Um, no. Um, <laughs> oh, no. This is where the thing, so, this is where the things uh, start to fall apart. Yes, I'm I'm sorry, Brian. I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, there are a lot of names here, but every single one has an asterisk. Um, Alan Lazard, Alan Robinson, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Romeo Dubs, Alec Pierce, Khalil Shakir, Josh Downs, and Tank Dell. Every single one has an asterisk, as I noted. Uh, wow, that's a lot to pack right now because I feel like the tail end, maybe like the last five, you can make an argument should all be on taxi cabs on a majority of teams. Mm-hmm. And the top half, like the Alan Lazard, Alan Robinson, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, and let's throw in Donovan <laughs> Peoples Jones because we're feeling generous. Uh, that, that would be like a fringe flex play for a majority of the league. But yeah, th- that, that's it. But that absolutely makes sense because this team did have a Cooper Cup before as well. So let's not take that away from them. This is a mm-hmm. very recent uh, change. So it would be a little bit different if we had a Cooper Cup. That We would be talking about this wide receiver room very differently. But because there's no Cooper Cup, there's a very 
Like it makes sense. <laughs> There's an asterisk yeah. in all of them. So Darren, let me put you on the spot. Who who is the best wide receiver on this team right now? Um, who will have the most points at the end of this season? I I guess Alan Lazard. Oh, yeah. Well, Zay Jones, they, they added Calvin Ridley. So. They did. They did. I, I Maybe I'm giving too much credit with what he did last year, but I really do believe in it, Doug, it, Dougie it, P and Trevor Lawrence. Shout out to the Dallas Strip. I think Dark Horse, maybe Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, it's it's not. It's no, not no, good. I don't see that. I don't <laughs> see that. You think so, Jimmy G is going to somehow be able to sustain Devontae Adams and well, I'm Well, I'm... I'm only saying that because if he's like cut or traded, then uh, okay. maybe he goes somewhere that uses him. But if he's if he's still on the Raiders, it's definitely not going to be him. But I, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of points from any of these guys. But maybe Alan Lazard, just because of Aaron Rodgers and his comfort level with Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. But like Alan Robinson's pretty washed. Say Jones, they just brought in Calvin Ridley, Hunter Renfro. They brought in uh, Jacoby Myers, and they already have Devontae Adams, Donovan Peoples Jones. They also got um. Don't Did you mention the uh Michael Myers too or Mayer? Whatever. Oh yeah, Michael Mayer, yeah. And Romeo Dubs, they brought in um Jaden Reed and they drafted two tight ends as well. Alec Pierce, they brought in Josh Downs. So Alec Pierce and Josh Downs, he has both of them, but they're both gonna be kind of hurting each other. And he also has a quarterback that's gonna be projected to run a lot and not throw terribly often. Um Cleo Shakir is probably like the fourth, maybe fifth option on the Bills and then Tank Dell. Maybe it's Tank Dell. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tank Dell is the one that scores the most points. Him and CJ Stroud just make a special connection. Yeah. They just pop off. Yeah. I, I mean, but I, I do have a question for you. Now, Brian likes to talk shit on my receiver, Cortland Sutton, and say he doesn't want him and everything. But in my opinion, <laughs> I think that Cortland Sutton would be the best wide receiver on his roster. Would you agree? Oh no. Um <laughs> hold on. Let, let me be objective here. Okay. I'm not I'm not really setting the I'm bar looking, high here. I'm looking. So I'm not hold like on. saying Cortland Sutton is amazing either. I'm just saying he's the best wide receiver on this. If Cortland Sutton is on this team, he scores the most points at the end of the year, right? Yeah. I would I think, think so. so. Like yeah. I, I don't think that's a hot take. And if no. and, if, <laughs> if not, it's very, very competitive. Yeah. Because and I mean I, he did, as you said, he used to have Cooper Cup as of like a week or so ago. Um, he used to have Debo Samuel, used to have Mike Evans. So like the wide receiver room used to look a lot better, but right now it's it's scary. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what he's really hoping for is a lot of hits, and I definitely see what he's doing. And you could see with the transactions that he has done. Like you said, he did have a Debo, and he you actually used a second round pick to get Khalil Shakir. And to me, that's a little bit. I kind of pause because how many, like how often is he going to be on the field? Right. Because Stefan Diggs is always going to be on the field, no matter what personnel they run. Right. And same with, and if they really want to stretch out and do maybe like an 11 personnel, what that's Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. And I is Khalil Shakir going to always, is he locked and loaded this? I don't know. And maybe now he's splitting snaps, even when they're in an 11 person. So I don't really know how much opportunity he's going to get. And even when he does get the opportunity and the routes run, how much he's going to be targeted. You know what I'm trying to say? So I feel like I have to do a lot of steps to see the path, but I absolutely see why, because I know coming out of college, um, both of us, we both really like Khalil Shakir. And so I I definitely see the reason why, but I feel like just the opportunity, I don't see it, but I know uh, Brian is probably like, okay, I'm just going to go with the talent here because the situation can change. 
change. And so I absolutely respect that. But to answer your question, I, I would have to agree as reluctantly as I want to. It has to be, yeah, Quillen Sun would easily probably be a much more comfortable wide receiver like start across the board, to me at least, uh, than anyone else. So it is funny. But to be fair, I definitely see why Brian would talk smack about Quillen Sun because I guess his type of makeup wouldn't really fit this team, which also would probably amplify why he looks at him negatively. Yeah, he's going for like the young wide receiver route, but like you do kind of need depth. And to your, I think you made this point on the last podcast, or maybe it was Brett's podcast, um, where you said like wide receivers are kind of interchangeable. Um, I think we can look at Brian's room and see that as that is false. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. You found found the exception to the rule. Okay. You didn't find, all right, this is the reason why you're wrong. This is literally the exception. But like, maybe, maybe Brian is so lucky that the hustle just hits on everyone. Allen Robinson really isn't washed. Maybe Calvin Ridley doesn't come back and Zay Jones is still good this year. Actually, I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. Everything you're saying right now is going to (laughs) happen. Alan Lazard's going to be like a developed deep threat. Here's the wide receiver too. Like, I mean, maybe maybe Anthony Richardson is amazing at throwing the ball and he has a Cam Newton-like first season and Josh Downs and Alec Pierce are just absolute studs. Who knows? (laughs) Anything is possible. All right. Um, the first half sounded more believable than the second half. I think the second half, you're just like, you know what? I have Anthony Richardson and I hate him, but let me at least say some good things to hopefully will it to happen. But no, I definitely see he's definitely had some lottery tickets. He took a lot of shots in the draft and you're absolutely right. The way that he's building his wide receiver room has definitely, uh, he has a type. He has a type yeah. because like you said, he traded away the Debo Cooper cup and uh, Mike Evans and things like that. And now this is what his wide receiver room looks like, but well, let, ooh, what were you going to before, before we move on, I just have one more, one more point. It's kind of because of the way that Brian is. And we all kind of know how to this point, like how Brian is and he wants to win and he wants to win now and he doesn't want to wait for things. So it's kind of like interesting that he is trading away receivers that are not like, really past their prime like he traded away mike evans last year and he was only 28 i think um he just traded you cooper cup who is 29 is that right or is he no he's 30 okay so he's 30 so he's out he's almost at that age but he is a slot receiver and he was never like super athletic to begin with so maybe like he has like a little bit longer of a career window there and then debo debo is only 27 so I think that like it is interesting that he's trading these guys away when they're not like totally like past like the point where you're like, all right, I need to get rid of them because they still have a couple years left in them when he's trading them away. And you would think that a guy like that, Brian, would keep. I don't know. That's a really good point because it's not like uh, I mean, some wide receivers do, but most wide receivers don't have that hard of a drop off like running backs do. Right. It's very rare where it's like a Julio Jones like drop off. But most of Julio Jones is like. Injury played and things like that. Didn't even drop off until he was 33, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so you're absolutely right, because even with him kind of dropping off of Mike Evans, like you mentioned, he did just cash in another solid season. So, and it looks like he, what, they're saying he's working on his third contract now, right? Um, I think that's what they were saying. Yeah, is that happening? That's crazy. I can't believe that they're 
resign him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's actually a done deal or if it's just rumors, but I did hear that they're trying to um, work on another extension for him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Mike Evans, let's go. He's definitely going to go down as one of the Tampa goats. But yeah, um, sure. and maybe even a Hall of Famer, of course. I mean, he has that crazy record. He has a Super Bowl ring. But regardless, it, you do make a really interesting point that Brian does have this tendency. And hey, I'm going to put that in my little binder. I'm going to keep that in mind. So uh, let's say one of his receivers starts to develop again. I'm like, oh, I could probably buy him a little bit later. Um, but with that being said, what does his tight end room look like? Um, so he has the newly acquired George Kittle and Jelani Woods. And Jelani okay, Woods I love has- George Kittle. Um, George Kittle is obviously a stud. Jelani Woods has the ability, I think, to be a stud. But he's gigantic. Yeah, he's he's big. He's athletic. So he could be like a red zone monster. So uh, we just got cut off because of Zoom, but he could be a red zone monster. I really <laughs> think that he could like have the ability to do that. Um, Anthony Richardson, you have to hope that he is good, but he, I mean, it's not like he's not going to throw any touchdowns. So I think that if he is the one that acquires those touchdowns, Johnny Woods could be good. And we've seen it doesn't take a whole lot for a tight end to be a tight end mm-hmm. one in fantasy. But at the same time, we do see that it takes a whole lot for a tight end to be good in real life. So that's kind of few and far between, but he does have George Kittle. So he has him. And that's definitely now that he has Brock Purdy starting. I was going to say, he starting, has a little bit of a good. stack. Yeah, he does. Have, he has that stack. And in real life, Brock Purdy starting was good for George Kittle. So he should be happy about that on two fronts. Absolutely. So I feel like his tight end room is actually looking pretty solid. Um, I yeah. absolutely could see the path with Jelani Woods, and I absolutely see it with Anthony Richards, and he is going to be a gigantic target, right? He's, yeah. he's humongous. And yeah. so I feel like I could definitely see Jelani Woods have like, I don't know, could you see like a 37 catch season, but he has like nine touchdowns? Absolutely. And so yeah, yeah. I feel like um, his tight end room, uh, I'm definitely biased. I freaking love George Kittle. I'm not saying what he did at the second half of or actually, no, I'm not saying what George Kittle did when Brock Purdy essentially became starter is sustainable. But what I do like to see is he was definitely targeted much more than when uh, Jimmy G was in a little bit more reliant. And maybe it was just due to the game planning. Maybe it was just due to necessity of, um, I guess the personnel that the 49ers are seeing at that part of the season. But regardless, my expectation for George Kittle is still really high. Of course, barring injury, I feel like is the only thing holding them back. But overall, if you look at this team in totality, the tight end room is not something that you're looking at being like, oh, yeah, this is something we can nitpick because it's one of the better looking rooms across the league. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think if, if any team has a tight end that is a top five tight end like George Kittle is, it's going to be one of the better rooms because there's only like five good tight ends anyway. (laughs) True. (laughs) Only just a few where you're like, Oh, do I just start streaming these? What am I Mm -hmm. doing? Yeah. It's, it's a luxury when you get to have someone locked and loaded in there, I'm sure. But with all of that being said, I feel like across the board, pretty solid except for wide receivers. So are there any draft capital coming up where he might be able to address that? He has four thirds and a fourth in next year's draft currently. So, I mean, that could be added to. Yeah, they're late picks, but they could be added to for sure uh, over the course of the next season. Um, I know he wants to play spoiler and everything. So it's going to be hard kind of to probably acquire draft picks if he wants to keep these guys in the fold. But, um, you know, we'll see. Could, Could happen. Anything could happen. 
Yeah, I feel like one of the things that Brian loves to have is a whole bunch of picks of that specific uh, draft class that actually came into play even when I was negotiating for Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. He said it would be a little bit different if you had a 2023 uh, or sorry, 2024 first, which I unfortunately did not have. And I knew that's kind of how it was going to go. So I am not going to be surprised at all where come at the end of this upcoming season, he's just going to have a slew of a bunch of second, thirds, fourths, maybe even a first in there somehow um, in 2024. And so I definitely expect his capital to grow. But with that being said, what are some of the trades that he has made recently to kind of um, maybe get a little tell to kind of see the direction that Brian might be leaning towards? Let's see if his transactions tell a story. So I didn't include any of the draft pick trades because they're too hard to follow. Yeah, yeah, Um, I agree. But in the beginning of the offseason till now, he has traded um, he traded Debo to Greg for 206, 302, and 404. He traded Ryan Tannehill to me for 304. He traded a 2025 second-round pick to Max for Khalil Shakir. He traded Jalen Hurts to Greg for 101, which turned into Bijan, excuse me, Bijan, 201, Brock Purdy, 207, and 406. Um he traded recently Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews to you for George Kittle, a 25 first, a 26 first, and a 26 second. That is a very, very busy owner in the offseason is what that mm-hmm. sounds like. And mm-hmm. he has made monster moves. So one thing you can say about Hollywood Hustle is – They are so true to their name. They are not trigger shy. If they have a vision, they go for it. And I absolutely adore that with Brian. And I love the direction that he's been going in. I think from the last pod, you were even kind of giving him a little tip of the cap, right? Finally giving uh, the Mr. Disrespect a little bit of respect because of the direction they're going. Because after all the trades that you were mentioning, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that trade. But that last trade, he got a lot of value, at least in my opinion. So kind of what do all these transactions kind of tell you about Hollywood Hustle and Brian? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think like in hindsight, I think that the Jalen Hurts for Bijan and Brock Purdy, like getting Brock Purdy to be a starting quarterback was huge for this trade. Um, because I think now, like if he went to you and he was like, I'll give you Bijan for Jalen Hurts, you'll probably say no because of how the quarterback market is in the PDL. So getting the, you know, the 201 and 207 and Brock Purdy like that, that helps add to Bijan. Um, the George Kittle one, I talked about this on the pod after the trade was made, but like, I think this trade was great for both sides. Um, the Debo one and the Khalil Shakir one, I don't like either of those from my opinion. Um, but I just think that like. I don't think you're alone there. And yeah, I just say that because I'm not a fan as well. And I don't want to speak for other people as well. Um, oh, yeah. But I know this is something that uh, is usually brought up sometimes when I'm negotiating with other people. Some other people reference these trades. And I'm like, oh, God, dude, that's not fair. It's not my like Debo going for a second. I understand that only being 26. So it has skewed the economy. But luckily, a lot of trades have been happening since. So it kind of fluctuated back. But yeah. I would say that you not being a fan of them, I don't think it's you being disrespectful. Yeah. And I think that like, Khalil Shakir, if it was for like a third, I would have been like, all right, like, sure, you know, take your shot. Second just feels a little too pricey for me um, because like, especially because you a second was traded for Debo plus a third and a fourth. So 
It's not a whole lot more for a guy that is one year removed from a top two wide receiver season. So that's it's kind of crazy. The, the prices in those two trades from a guy that has done absolutely nothing to a guy that was the wide receiver two in 2021. So I don't know. It's just it's just very interesting that those trades happen so closely together. Uh, mm-hmm. I know like Brian would probably say, oh, yeah, it's 2025. It's a couple of years from now. But now that 2025 is probably going to be a relatively high pick now that he started selling away like Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. And so I don't know, like clear secure better be good. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with a lot of the takes that you made for his trade. So now let's get to the strength of his team because I love what you put for strength. Because typically we was always say like, oh yeah, this uh, wide receiver room is a strength or blah, blah, blah. But um, your strength <laughs> is very specific there. And what is it? Bijan. That is his strength. Um, he is his, like, like having a Maserati <laughs> in his garage. Next exactly. His tight end room is solid. His quarterback room is solid. Um, his running back room has Bijan. And Bijan is the most valuable running back in fantasy football right now. Um, he's going to live or die by Bijan, like we said. So I, I think that like that is his ultimate trade piece he has right now. So that is his absolute strength, I think. I am going to throw a little bit of curveball here, um, but it's kind of branching off what you said. Originally, I was going to say quarterback. I think quarterback is a strength of this team because he has three starters across the board. And over kind of joke, he's like, oh, well, he kind of defaults in because he has the three starters and you're just looking for starters at that point or anyone that can start for um, a QB three spot. But I feel like the fact that he has three solid quarterbacks, that even puts him in a better position, but I'm going to pivot and actually say his running back room depth just in general. I feel like could mysteriously come into play. And what I mean here is if Hollywood Hustle season does not go as planned, maybe he's losing a little bit more than he wants. And some of the contenders, whether it's Steve, whether it's me, whether it's Max, you even um, get really hot. But one of your running backs go down. I don't know. Pollard is starting to look a little cute. Huh? James Connor plotting, but consistently putting up 12 plus points is kind of looking a little sexy. Huh? Maybe A.J. Dillon takes yeah. a bigger role, looking pretty nice. Uh, Gus Edwards takes over because J.K. Dobbins may be, you know, hammy injury, something. I feel like because of the amount of play, it, it's really reminiscent of Brett, actually. Dubrovnik, Brett has a slew of, like, kind of veteran running backs as well that I could absolutely feel that he could use almost as currency rather than the players itself. So I feel like that's kind of a low-key strength because it's going to play into our trade idea that we always have. But I think it's just the vast volume amount of the running backs that he has, even outside of Bijan Robinson. It's great that it's Bijan. That propels it even higher. But I definitely have to give Hollywood some roses because the way that they've been building this, it, maybe it's been low-key, and I know it's been very deliberate by brian i'm sure um but now that i'm noticing wow he has tons of players that can maybe come into factor for his own season or just as currency to flip when the market starts to get a little bit hot and needing um running backs because as we all know no one can have too many running backs but what would you say is a weakness because i think we definitely are in agreement here um wide receiver and it's pretty obvious that wide receiver is the weakest area of this roster um being that every Fire receiver had an asterisk. Um, so yeah, that needs that needs some work for sure. I completely agree. I feel like the fact that 
we are all kind of low-key trashing Cortland Sutton. Sorry, Dare, I know you love him. <laughs> um, the fact that he would come in and almost immediately be one of, sorry, I won't say the best because I'm sure Brian will fight back, but one you of the best, one. at least. <laughs> one of the best <laughs> like, wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that is definitely going to extrapolate why that is one of the biggest weaknesses, especially because we're in a league that we have to start three, and then we have the two additional yeah. flexes. And the fact that the best ones that you're throwing out there is like a Lazard Robinson, Zay Jones, or a Renfro. None of those strike fear into my heart uh, more than yeah. like, you know, looking at almost any other team's top three receivers. So with that being said, Dare, what is uh, one of the trade ideas that you have to, that you would do if you were Brian? So I said to trade everybody or trade Bijan. So <laughs> you can trade you can everybody probably... or trade everybody. <laughs> so, I, so here's here's my uh, explanation for this. You're going to trade everybody but Bijan, or you're going to trade just Bijan. Um, you can keep Bijan because he's 21 years old, and you can trade Geno Smith, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Tony Pollard. Trade trade everyone else. Everyone else is gone. George Kittle, everyone else. You can keep Bijan because he's still young enough that you can still build around him, keep him on your roster. Or you can trade Bijan and get the highest return that you can possibly get because he's only going to go down in value because he's a running back and fill up these holes, get multiple wide receivers. You want to still be competitive and play spoiler and everything like that. You can probably get a running back and two receivers for Bijan, I would think. Um, so like, there's definitely ways and you probably get draft capital on top of that. Like, I think that you, there's, there's ways that you can fill up this roster by trading just one player, just one. So I think it's either, either or, and he's already kind of, I think started the route of maybe like a soft rebuild. Um, and maybe it is like you said, like he waits until like the perfect time to trade these guys and he might wait to trade James Connor till mid season or something like that. Um, but I think that like, that's the two routes I see in my mind is you can keep Bijan, but you probably want to trade everyone else. Or, I mean, even you can trade Bijan, too, if you really, really want to. <laughs> but I think that's like either or kind of situation um, because Bijan is going to be someone that's going to be valuable for, you know, at least three, four more years. And once he hits like 26, people are like, ah, he's a running back. He's old. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And just to kind of reinforce your point. I think we both agree that Saquon Barkley's career has been a little bit of a disappointment, right? He has a lot of yep. injuries outside of his explosive rookie year, which he yep. looked phenomenal. He had like a hundred catches. I don't know what he did. He just popped off. And I think he had one more like pretty decent season, but outside of that, it's just meh. but look at his value right now. He's still valued at what, like a top five running back in dynasty. Maybe. Right. I don't know. I'm just making that number like, like that. reference, yeah. off. but like his value never really deteriorated because it's freaking Saquon Barkley. And that's Bijan Robinson. That's kind of the same weight that his name now carries. So even if he has a handful of injuries and low-key kind of disappoints here and there, his name alone is going to carry so much value, similar to Saquon Barkley. So I definitely agree with you. But my trade idea is kind of going to weigh in a little bit more of, I guess, the point of view that Brian's coming from. Maybe want to be a little bit competitive, maybe wanting to play a little bit of spoiler. I did talk about how deep his running back room does look like. And I'm trying to see a running back that still has value, but maybe will have a little bit skewed value where you could 
trade for a little bit more. And so, like, you, I'm not going to be like, all right, yeah, trade Deontay Foreman and um, Zay Jones and get this monumental upgrade. Like, that doesn't make sense for other owners. Like, they're not going to want those players. So my thought is maybe A.J. Dillon or James Conner, whichever one that you would want to trade or maybe has the most value according to owners, and maybe package it with one of your receivers and then get that big upgrade for a handful of young receivers or get a big upgrade and add yet another one. I don't know. Just, you could just upgrade somewhere where you could kind of add into playing the spoiler role without giving up something that is going to be such big value. That's going to hurt like a rebuild. It's not like you're trading away someone super young or anything like that. So if you are indeed trying to play a little bit of spoiler, maybe you could kind of consolidate a little bit. Maybe even if you really want to narrow in and have your eyes on a player that you feel like can really be able to even help with a player playoff push hey you have uh four thirds so maybe you could package like i said um the james connor aj dillon or along with some wide receivers and a late draft capital pick and maybe get some kind of those picks um it's not necessarily something i would do but it's definitely a trait idea that I'm sure Brian is floating out there in his head because um, one of the constant themes that I always get listening to the disrespected podcast is how much both of those owners just want to win almost at all costs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They both definitely want to win and it goes against their kind of morals to not win and not try and win because if you're just like losing, you're not doing it properly, I guess. Um, so in Brett's I don't facility think in Dubrovnik, 100%, he stole Al Davis's just win baby, right? That's just painted on the yeah. walls in the locker room all over the place. <laughs> like, no matter yeah. what, it's just, just win baby. And I, I get it. Like, I think that, like, everybody in our league wants to win ultimately. But from my personal opinion, right? Like, I sucked or tried to suck for the first two years. And I was like, I'm going to suck now and I'll be good for like three or four years and not have to do a whole lot to adjust my roster. Like, it's just going to be a good roster. I'm not going to have to make a whole lot of trades or anything like that. Like, I'm going to like all my players because I took over the orphan team and I was like, I hate everybody here but Odell. Like, I didn't want anybody else. So I was like, you know, I, I got to do something about this. So I was like, I'm going to make sure I like all of my players. And I'm going to keep them for three years, four years. And then I'm not going to have to do a whole lot of this thing ever again, because that two years where I was like, I'm probably not going to win a playoff game. I did make the playoffs the first two years, but like I wasn't expecting to win anything. So it's kind of like it is kind of miserable when you're like not really trying to win. It's like, you know, Welch is going through that right now and Greg. So it's not really fun, but. It's it's not like the the death knell strategy that they kind of look at it as, you know. I feel like with fantasy football, it's so hard to kind of commit because it's such a luck based game that you don't necessarily need to be the favorite, right? I mean, we saw that in back-to-back years where Brett almost won this past year and Hollywood almost won the year before. So I completely uh-huh. understand why like it makes sense for it. For everyone to go like if your favorite always won then why even play during the season let's just see who makes the best transaction in the off season then crown so i definitely agree and see why everyone wants to go in because it's so it, it, you just need to punch your ticket to the dance and anything can happen from there it's like a it's like a raffle lottery essentially and so i am definitely excited to see where they go but one thing that you just reminded me to um talk about right before we end this episode is 
I kind of had the same thought as you at one point there where I was like, all right, my team is so stacked. I have so many vets and I have uh, I, like I've led the league for most points scored two years in a row. And yes, that's me tooting my home, but that's also me getting validation saying, all right, my team was just that good. But I know what you were just saying, and this is why it reminded me of this point is you were saying you want to set up your team where it's so good to the point where in the offseason, you don't have to make many moves. That's the same thought I had, but look at how aggressive, like I've literally mortgaged my entire future this offseason. I didn't yeah. think I was going to, but that's just that's just how the owners are. Like you're never going to be able to go on auto. Like eventually you're going to find your rival. Maybe it's Steve. Maybe it is Brett. But when your team gets really hot, maybe hell it's Servas and Mike, right? Some team is going to get just as hot as you and you're going to have your Murphy Street Empire. And then you guys are just going to like, it's going to suck because if you told me at the beginning of this offseason time, you're going to trade um, both of your first round picks. I'm going to be like, bullshit. No, I'm going to, I even told you, I'm going to blow it up soon, Dare. I'm going to blow it up soon, Dare. <laughs> and then look at the position I'm in now. I'm like, all right. Uh, I'm going to try to win two more times, I guess. Let's see what's going to happen here. Let's let, let, Is the wheels going to fall off? What's Am I going to just do Dynasty? Name? I don't know. I mortgaged everything. So that's what I'm just trying to tell you. It's so easy to kind of have this thought of saying, all right, I'm just going to be so set. And remember, Dare, I feel like every single time in the offseason where we do like the rate my league kind of things, your team is always at the top in terms of capital, yeah. talent, and everything. And so you could consistently keep getting there, but until – you match the aggression of someone else. Like, like I said, I definitely would not have made these moves without Max really lighting that fire and trying to sharpen me as well. Um, it's good. That's why it gets so fun because you always have to stay fluid with your plans. So do you have any concerns where you're just like, eventually you're starting, you're going to have to start throwing everything at the wall and go hardcore because uh, as you can see a lot of the moves this off season, I mean, how many emergency pods have we made? Because we're like, oh my God, this is another nuclear trade. This is another nuclear trade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely something I, I have thought of for sure. But at the same time, when you see teams like Brent and Bryan's and no one really votes them to be the best team in the league and they still get to the championship game and they almost win it all and everything. It's like your team really need number one undisputed title winning champion to win, right? Like, you can be a top four, top five team and still win it all. Like, yeah, like Drew Roy, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Like Drew Roy. <laughs> well, he didn't even set his lineup, but I mean, that's a different whole That's different just an inside story. joke between us and longtime listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to, for sure, you have to play things correctly and everything. Like, you have to, you know, things have to go your way. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, I obviously, I do want, I'll probably still make moves, but you don't want to like have to make like these, you know, groundbreaking, super crazy moves. Like, the first season I took over my roster, I think I made like 33 trades that season. <laughs> yeah, like, you went crazy. I, I don't really want to have to do that anymore because that means I did a bad job, most likely. Like, if mm -hmm. I had to make 33 trades to correct my roster, it means my roster is really bad. <laughs> But also it gets harder and harder to trade as time moves on because True. the nature of Dynasty is you just keep acquiring players you like, right? And sometimes yeah. you acquire players you don't like, but because they're on your team, you kind of force yourself to start liking them. And so I completely agree with you. As time moves on, all these trades that I've done, you could probably look at it and objectively say, Tommy, I think that was a good trade for you. Or Tommy, you probably lost value here. But to me, 
the way we break down these trades, we're so objective in black and white. Whereas for me, when I'm making it, it's so difficult, right? Like I'm I'm not regretting the trade for Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to see George Kittle on another roster, as stupid as yeah. it sounds, I'm like, oh, I mean, he's still top five. Like how much is the difference going to be? And in reality, difference is probably going to be huge. Mark Andrews is probably going to have so many more points. But in my head, because I'm so biased to George Kittle, I'm like, oh, man, maybe it's not going to be that much. Like maybe he will be good. Like, ah. Uh, I don't know. It gets so difficult. And I'm sure it's the same way with you, Darren, when uh, I know I was reaching out for some of your players here and there. Um, and the way that you're viewing it, it's because you like them. That's why they're on your roster. You're going to view them a little bit highly. I know sometimes you came back, yep. you're like, I just can't do any lower than this. And I came back. I'm like, no, I, I agree with you. I, I I wouldn't do any lower than that too. Uh, so thank you for kind of matching it. Cause of course I'm only coming in to see if I can buy low, but then once I understand we're viewing the same person, that's why we could never do a trade with each other. Right. Cause usually yeah. a trade comes through when there's like a mismatch in value of different owners. Maybe you like one of my players more and I like your player more. And then maybe we had a couple more draft capital in there to kind of balance out for both of us and boom, we're done. But for you and I, we essentially view everyone exactly the same. So I can't yep. come in and be like, oh, I, and I'll be very transparent. And I still kind of want him. Deontay Johnson, he had a down year. Everyone knows that. I know people actually, uh, something to reinforce this, in the chats very recently, everyone was, or a lot of people were saying, oh, no, George Pickens, George Pickens. I want George Pickens. And I, I didn't respond because obviously I'm doing dad stuff, so I don't have enough time to kind of keep looking and responding, but I was trying to keep up. But I was like, no, I think I'm with there. I, I, I want Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I think I want Deontay yeah. Johnson for the way that the Steelers have historically utilized their players. I don't see George Pickens as the guy that's going to get like 100 plus targets. Uh, maybe he will because, you know, maybe Pickens uh, will start, you know, slinging it. But I feel like Deontay Johnson is going to be the guy that's going to get the 100 and plus targets like he has every single year, essentially. So um, the, the long story short is any other owner might have seen that he had a pretty down season. I could have probably laid on thick being like, well, do you really think Kenny Pickett's going to be drafted? <laughs> yeah. Even if he does, is it going to get much better for Deontay Johnson? Because now Fryermuth, I think we all agree, is pretty good. Najee is oh. going to take a bigger role. Uh, of course, George Pickens is different. Like, blah, but nope. No, nope. and you're like, no, I don't think I take anything less than a first. And I'm like, no, that's if I had Deontay Johnson, why would I give up Deontay Johnson for anything less than a first? And I would probably want more than just the first two. And that's just yeah. me, just because of where I'm coming from. And I know that's where you came from. And that's why I'm like, nope, can't can't trade with Darren. So this is just kind of prefacing that my respect and hatred of how we always see things the same. And I don't know if it's yeah. the same for you, Dare. But nothing's more torturous than me for me than if I want to make a huge trade and I can't bounce it off of you. Spoiler alert, yep. you definitely knew that Andrews and Cup thing was coming because yeah, that was yeah. so big that I kind of want to bring in because that's literally mortgaging my future. And I know um sometimes you know, I respect you enough where I don't go to anyone else. Uh, I could go to Max, but he's literally my rival, so I can't do that. And there's no one else in my friend group that like knows as much, but it sucks when I have to make any trades where I'm like fuck, I can't do this to Darren because I want you to be surprised. I want you to have fun to be like, holy fuck, what did Tommy just do? And I don't know. Do you ever feel the same way or do you have a good network? I'm sure you have a good network of guys where you could kind of bounce things off because my friends that know fantasy football, they don't know dynasty as far as we do. And our economy is so different. So if I ever ask, oh, should I trade Kittle and multiple first for Andrews and they'll are like what what are you doing or blah 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 because they just don't see it so uh it's kind yeah. of a long-winded way of saying do you find yourself in a similar position yeah usually and I know that like I secretly asked you about the Watson trade a couple years that ago. was legendary yeah yeah <laughs> I have I my guard like, up at to... all times now and I know you know that too <laughs> yeah because I know I like needed to ask it in a way that 
if you knew that that was the offer, you probably would have been like, shit, I could up that a little bit and get him myself. So yeah, I like I like, could have been like, oh, fuck, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, yeah, because like, I couldn't like ask it directly. But like you knew you you were safe enough to ask me about Cooper Cup because you're like he's not gonna want him. So I can. It ask goes him everything <laughs> against you if you yeah. went out and got Cooper Cup. Well, first of all, I would think that would be one of the most badass fucking things ever because I'd be like, holy shit, Darren is here. Um, but also I was like, no, that goes against everything Darren stands yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it is it is kind of you know bittersweet in a way that like we can't really make trades because we value everyone more or less the same but that's also tommy at the same time low-key is saying that everything that i say on this pod tommy believes <laughs> he just that's won't say true. it <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, wow we're really giving people a peek behind the curtains it's always like all right darren you're our universal mouthpiece and i just have to play the other side i have to play both sides so i always come out on top <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not really not everything i say but like a lot of things. <laughs> I would say things. if we want to be really honest or maybe we're playing more mental mind games, but come on, you're batting more. You're you're batting over 800, right? 80% yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I I mean, I think like at least 90% of the stuff I say on here I actually think is true. And like a, a lot of the time it's wrong. Like we went back to podcasts from like a year ago. I probably say shit where it's like real bad and it's like that was completely wrong and it wasn't even close to being right. But, you know. It happens. Everybody has their bad takes sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like that's what makes podcasting so much fun. And that's why um, we, I think you and I are the biggest advocates for a rival podcast, right? It doesn't even have to be on a regular basis. It could just be once a month. Just a it's while. really nice yeah. when we get to just take us, you know, a back seat and just hear people talk because now I understand where people are writing into the chat or get defensive because sometimes I get defensive. I'm like, oh, wait, this is so cool. It's so cool to be in this position. This is really fun to listen to. <laughs> and just to get the different point of views and things like that and hearing the personality of the other owners because, like I said, having, you know, coming out with a episode every single week does put a target on our back because we're so easy and vulnerable to pick on and be like, oh, my God, that guy's such a dick. Or like, oh, my God, yeah. now we know that Darren likes this guy or Tommy likes this guy. Let's see what we can do here. <laughs> No. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like I'm not saying anything to be like malicious. And I get like people are defensive of the players that they have on their team. Like, but I'm not doing it. Be like, yeah, I, I I don't like Brett because I talk shit on his players. I just don't like some of the players he has. It's not like anything, you know, it's just Aaron, if he says something bad about JMO, that's essentially <laughs> talking shit about my son that was just born. So don't you dare say anything bad about JMO. So but I completely like get where people are coming from. <laughs> But, like, the same thing, though. If you had the players, like, all these old, crusty players on your... Which you do, kind of, but they just happen to be better. I was just going to say, I do have old, crusty players, you asshole. just, like, better. (laughs) So, like, pretty soon, like, I'll be talking a lot of shit on your team, most likely, unless you get rid of them. Like, Derek Henry... I'm sure you're throwing up in your mouth looking at Derek Henry on my roster. You're like, oh, my God, he's still in the league? Like, Derek Henry next year, I'm going to be like, man, that guy, he needs to get out of here. But, like, just because he's (laughs) such a freak of nature, like, he's still... He's making the cut. Barely, barely. <laughs> like half, like bye week. You're like Tommy. He should be gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't, if he wasn't like still projected to be a top ten running back, like man, I, I don't know how that guy's sticking around here. He's gonna be 31 years old and he's a running back. <laughs> Jesus. All right, all right. Let's not talk shit on my guys. Now I'm getting defensive. <laughs> no, but no, you make valid points. I feel like uh, Derrick Henry is definitely a huge concern, but I don't. I just don't know what Tennessee is really doing. So I feel like it's obvious they should rebuild, but I just, I think you mentioned in the past podcast as well, Rabel just, I don't think he will do that. 
He's not going to yeah. do that. Like, even when, like, the Patriots didn't look like they were going to win a lot of games, they would always manufacture, like, a bunch of wins, too. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to be very similar with Tennessee. But now we're just ranting, so I will put a yeah. nice bow on it so we don't <laughs> ramble. And sorry, Greg. Now you can look and be like, oh, my God, is there going to be another 30 minutes? No, you can look ahead and say there's only, like, 20 seconds. But, guys, I appreciate everything. And just keep a heads up on uh, the preseason ranking things. Like I said, I'm going to DM everyone when it comes time to who you are assigned along with the different questions that you can answer um but yeah anything else for you to add there no i think it's a it's good before i start rambling again <laughs> <laughs> that's true greg's like how dare you give him that opportunity <laughs> tommy don't, don't you don't do this, this. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys until next time take care thank you for tuning in to the podcast i hope you enjoyed your meal we'll catch you next time